G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. It's a Tuesday, which means that we're joined by Ron Ross, our Middle East correspondent. Plenty to talk about in the Middle East, Middle East in the last week or so. Uh, let's start with this, this United Nations body, UNESCO, which is considering a resolution to declare the Western Wall in Jerusalem, which was part of the Old Temple, to be part of the Al-Aqsa Mosque. I mean, that's just going against history, isn't it? Oh, it is indeed. And of course, uh, it's a very sacred site to uh, both Muslims and uh, and the Jews and, and very important for Christian tourists as well. Israel's ambassador to UNESCO, Kamel Shama HaKohen, said the resolution was a total Islamization of the site uh, that's revered by both the Jewish and Muslim faiths. The six-page draft resolution was submitted by Egypt, Tunisia, Algeria, Morocco, Kuwait, and the United Arab Emirates on behalf of the Palestinian Authority, and it condemns Israel's actions in Jerusalem, the West Bank, and Gaza. Uh, But at no point does the resolution mention the Jewish historical connection to Jerusalem, which, of course, we know dates back to biblical times, nor does it reference the Temple Mount or the Western Wall, which was part of the second temple before it was destroyed 2,000 years ago. It relies solely on Arabic names for the holy sites on and around the Temple Mount in Jerusalem's old city. Uh, I must say that we've been there many, many, many times, and uh, I can imagine that blood will flow uh, if this is implemented. The religious uh, zealots on either side of the debate uh, will take it on physically, and it would be quite catastrophic. You've only got to see what's been happening in the last last couple of weeks to, to see what a flashpoint the, the Al-Aqsa Mosque area is. Well, the ambassador said to disconnect the Jewish people from the Western Wall is one step to much even for nations that are the most anti-Israel. It's one step too much, she said. Uh, oh, he said. The timing is also problematic The issue of the Temple Mount has already sparked Palestinian violence against Jewish citizens of Israel. And aside from the issue of the Western Wall, this resolution, which solely condemns Israeli actions on the Temple Mount, will only further inflame passions on the issue and lead to blood flowing, uh, the ambassador said. It gives a stamp of authenticity to Palestinian violence against Israel, uh, Harkoan said. So it, it's a, a, a hot-button topic. Yeah, yeah, which sort of leads on to our next topic, which is this French proposal to deploy international monitors in Jerusalem because of the violence. But there's been a, a fatwa, a Palestinian order, rejecting that proposal. 
Yes, the Muslims say they don't want to accept the idea of internationalizing or Judaizing Jerusalem. The head of the council, Sheikh Akrima Sabri, who previously served as the Palestinian Mufti, made the ruling in a new fatwa. The Supreme Islamic Council is the highest religious authority for Muslims in Jerusalem and the Palestinian territories. This latest fatwa states that it is religiously prohibited for Muslims to accept the Judaization of Jerusalem. In his fatwa, Sheikh Sabri pointed out that the idea of turning Jerusalem into an international city had been proposed over the past few years, but without success. The order refers to a recent French idea calling for the deployment of international monitors at the Temple Mount. The Judaization of Jerusalem refers to what the Palestinians claim is an ongoing Israeli attempt to erase the Arab and Islamic character and identity of the city. The Palestinians claim that Israel has been working towards turning Jerusalem into a Jewish city. They said, at present, the occupied city of Jerusalem is being subjected to a campaign of Judaization on various levels. Their goal is to erase the character of the city and replace it with what they call a fake Jewish identity. Uh, uh, so it's fanaticism, really. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, the, the words make sense, but the ideas don't. No, not indeed. It's got no historic factual sense at all. Yeah, yeah. Talking of things that don't make sense, let's move on to the Iran nuclear deal, <laughs> which, <laughs> uh, which uh, the US and Iran has now begun the preparations for the, that deal to be implemented. <laughs> I guess it was going to happen, wasn't it? It's breathtaking. <laughs> and President Barack Obama, who's supposed to be the leader of the free world, uh, created a new phrase this week. He called it, Adoption Day, and he declared Adoption Day ushers in the first phase of the deal, during which Iran is meant, that's the word <laughs> that was used, Iran is meant to take a series of specific steps towards restraining its nuclear program. Those steps included neutering its plutonium reactor, reducing its nuclear enrichment capacity and stockpile, and increasing access and transparency at its declared nuclear facilities. I wonder if he was playing a violin at the same time. <laughs> the story says as soon as Iran completes all of these steps, a process the Obama administration believes will take between two and six months, the deal will be formally implemented and Iran will begin receiving sanctions relief. It's mind-blowing. Mm. Oh, we'll just, I guess, see what happens on, on that one. It's, uh, as I say, it's one that will run and run, I'm sure. Um, yeah, and, and well past Obama's presidency, which will be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, parliamentary elections uh, underway in Egypt. It's, it's been a rough ride for them since the Arab Spring. Yeah, and it's very unusual, the style of election. Half the country goes to the polls or went to the polls on October 18 and 19, and the other half on November 22nd and 23. Official results are not due until December the 2nd. With the completion of the third and last stage of the roadmap, 
Abdel Fattah al-Sisi presented in 2013, the president will relinquish the uh, legislative powers he's held since the dissolution of the parliament. And of course, in that election, stakes are very high. Al-Sisi has been a stabilizing factor in, in Egypt. Uh, but it's a democracy and all kinds of factions uh, are trying to take control. Is there a chance that the Muslim Brotherhood might, might make a stage of well, reappearance? Well, legally, they're not supposed to be able to stand. Uh, uh, in any case, the Freedom and Justice Party of the Muslim Brotherhood received 47% of the votes in the 2000 elections, uh, 2011 elections. Uh, they'll be kept out of the campaign this time uh, since they've been outlawed. But unfortunately, the movement never made public the list of its adherents, and some of them will be able to stand as independent candidates. So uh, all kinds of skullduggery, you can imagine, will take place. Finally, a story where Israeli sailors have rescued Syrian and Iraqi refugees after the, the capsize of the boat. Yeah, a group of Israeli sailing club members were out for a, a, a lovely sail on Sunday morning, uh, but they quickly found themselves leading a dramatic rescue operation to save the lives of 11 Syrian and Iraqi refugees whose boat had capsized in the Mediterranean. The Poseidon Sailing Club members pulled eight adults and four children, among them tragically a dead baby still cradled in his mother's arms out of the water. The dramatic rescue took place near the tourist town of Kaz in Turkey, not far from the Greek islands. I've been at sea for 40 years, and this is the first time something like this has happened to me, said the captain of the Israeli yacht Shlomo Asman. I heard, save me from the waters. We stopped the boat and saw a youth with a life jacket. We brought him out of the water, and he told us his brother had gone missing and was probably dead. The young refugee told his saviors that he was from a town in Syria. He spoke Arabic and said he was from Syria. We asked him if he was with other people. He began to cry and point all over the place. And the yachtsmen went around and gathered the, the remaining crew. Unfortunately, there was this tragic story of the mother who said she had held her baby son body all night. Uh, the refugees were a mixed group from Iraq and Syria. Asban said he and his friends gave them water and let them use their cell phones to call their families. And, of course, uh, then they uh, arranged support for them. An amazing event mm. on the Mediterranean. Yeah. We're out of time, Ron. There's always so much to talk about, but we'll look forward to joining you at the same time next week. No, good to have you back, Alan. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.